So today we get to do a fun episode for you guys. This is in response to a listener question and I'm just going to read it here real quick. It says, how are you still, or how to, okay, I'm gonna start again and read it exactly how it's written. How to still be husband and wife after stepping into mom and dad. I find that after having our first child, when we don't have her, it exposes our lack of relationship. So I'm really excited to jump into this with Elisha. This is a big I don't know, focus point in our marriage. We want to have a lot of rich relationship outside of being parents, although that's an incredible thing that we get to do together. And so I'm really excited to share with you guys our thoughts on this. If you enjoyed this episode, give it a thumbs up, subscribe. And um, we have loved when you guys have shared our episodes with those who you love. That's how this podcast spreads. And it is so incredible to be garnering just the amount of families and the quality of families to this podcast. When we get to know you guys, when we meet you out in public, it is just such a blessing to us to just be on the same team as you guys. And we want to thank you guys for letting us know that you're out there and letting everyone else who is also raising their children in this generation know that they aren't alone in this and seeking out resources and and wanting to do what scripture says when it comes to family. So anyways, hope you guys enjoy this episode. We're going to get it started. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Okay, Katie, there's a bunch that I want to talk about, not only in regards to today's topic, but I want to catch our audience up on your recent trip uh, with your sisters and your girl cousins and your aunts and your grandma even, which is was sounds like it was a pretty cool trip that you just yeah. got back from. But before we do that, I do want to let our listeners know that we've got some new features in Voberg Music Academy. You've probably heard about Voberg Music Academy if you've listened to our podcast for any amount of time. That's the online music school that we started over seven years ago now, which is pretty crazy, almost eight years ago. It's when we started Voberg Music Academy, and we are more fired up than ever. I think the main reason is, is because we now have our own children learning via Voberg Music Academy, and so that has sparked more new ideas for me to, uh, I guess, implement into Voberg Music Academy, and so I'm more fired up about teaching than ever. I'm more fired up about family music than ever, and so as a result of this, we are now offering uh, monthly lives for all of the students. If you've got any questions and you just want to connect with your teacher, we now have that in the community page. We also have a monthly sharing time for all of our students because we see this in our kids now. When they've got uh, like a, a performance on the calendar, their practice goes to the next level and their excitement goes to the next level. And so we wanted this for our own children to have this opportunity on a monthly basis to perform for the other students on Voberg Music Academy to have something to work towards. So we're doing that on Voberg Music Academy. If you're not already a part of the community page, it's really easy. If you're a Voberg Music Academy student, you just go to the top right of your homepage and click community. And then you're basically there and you can see where those upcoming live events are. But I did want to let you all know about that. Are there any other new features that we have? No. That's it. That's it. We got some in the pike, though, which we're yeah, excited we about. Yeah, we do. We're doing a lot with that. Um, just because, again, we see the joy of music so much in our own home. And so it's really revived this new excitement for us to encourage other people with that. We wish we could do the whole in-person thing uh, for everybody, everywhere. And unfortunately, that's not the case. We are a big fan of stuff being in person. But what I love, I, man, I keep like <laughs> getting surprised that my mic is right there. 
what I think we love about Votberg Music Academy is that while our children will go in a room and learn on a screen how to play a song, that gives us hours and hours and hours of them just wanting to take out their instrument and play around the house. Yes. And so that's something that's very fun for us yes. to see is that once they learn these songs, we don't have to ask our kids to practice ever. They just get their instruments and just it gives them hours of enjoyment and it gives us hours of enjoyment as parents. So yeah. so anyways, that's enough about the music spiel. But, you know, it's our current soapbox. Um. Oh, and then... My trip. Yeah, I mean, uh, kind of what sparked this conversation even around marriage was a lot of the things you took away from this weekend. And it's not that we need to explain what your girl's weekend was, but it was pretty cool that your aunt, Jolinda, um, really put forth a ton of effort to make this happen because Jolinda is, is your mom's sister and they have a great relationship and they have daughters and they wanted to pour into not just their daughters, but as many of the female cousins and, and aunts on your on your mom's side of the family as they could so they put together this awesome event down in, in southern california and san clemente um and so yeah what, what was that what was the impetus of that and what, what was your big takeaways well it was really special because it was the first time i'd ever i mean i guess you flew me back for my birthday one year with lewis to visit my sister okay but that's the one time i've left to do a like just a girl's thing wow that i can remember yeah and so it was kind of it's not something that i typically do i was gone for three days and it was out of the ordinary yeah i really felt like but i felt like i should be there and i brought lionel with me obviously because he's still nursing so that that was nice but it was such a special time i think the thing that really stuck out to me is one, you know, Aunt Jolinda and Aunt Rachel putting so much effort into planning this event. And then also just the impact of their multi-generational vision, mm. I guess, because we had, you know, I had an aunt fly out from Tennessee. All of us girls were there from Kentucky, Colorado. There were some California locals that drove six or seven hours to be there. Um, you know, I'm from Idaho. We had people from Oregon and it was just such a blessing that we all were hungry for this connection. And I got to connect with some of my um, female cousins that I just haven't connected with in years and years. And yet here we are and we're all raising kids together. And uh, I say together because we have our faith in common and we have blood in common, which makes it so um, enjoyable to get together and be like, I don't know, we're just, we're family. We're doing this together. It's so cool. Um, So anyways, it was really special. Something that stuck out to me was we had an ant panel one of the nights. And so we had, um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six or seven of my aunts. Some of them, three of them are grandmas. Um, A couple of them are getting close to being empty nesters. And they were giving their wisdom on everything from personal development to marriage to discipline to parenting all all aspects of parenting and it was so cool to see the common threads that were there across the board because they all have very different families and different amounts of children and different things that you know different avenues that their families took but when you hear well, one, it sticks out that they all really believe the Bible and they all have very real breathing relationships with the Lord yeah. that are prioritized. And so that was a common thread that stuck out. And then also when it came to their marriages, it really stuck out that each one of their husbands is a very 
blessed man. (laughs) And the fact that each one of them have great friendships with their husbands at Mm. these seasons. Um, They have just vibrant, healthy lives as, as married couples. And I think that's so cool. You know, they've been married 20, 30 plus years, all of them. Yeah. It's something that you told me stuck out to you was just how highly they spoke of their husbands, like in a public facing setting where they just spoke highly of their husbands. You could tell they had this real respect and kind of like honor. They, They honored their husbands in the way they spoke about them, which again, like, that shouldn't, it's like, yeah, of course that you knew that they were Christians. You knew that they valued marriage, but for whatever reason that's that stood out and that's kind of telling to what's almost expected in today's culture where you would get together maybe at a girl's weekend or at a, you know, even if it's a Christian girl's weekend, oftentimes I think the, uh, you know, the stereotype is to almost have this kind of like husband bashing time. Uh, yeah. Like, like there was not one cheap joke yeah. about, you know, your husband being your extra child yeah. or something like that. There was just a reverence across the board. And that really stuck out to me. Well, because again, our, our, you know, from a child's perspective, watching these ants, their lives all looked different. Yeah. Who was working when, who was, how they raised their children, how they schooled their children, um, how they churched their children. Yeah. <laughs> all those things were very different. Yeah. But those grounding principles of having an incredible marriage based on an incredible faith mm. is, is what makes the bedrock of all their other decisions yeah. and is what makes them all successful. Yeah. I, it seems like there's this, uh, this assumed reverence for the, um, for the, what, what's the word, the, um, institution of marriage, uh, that maybe was assumed a generation prior to ours that now is sometimes questioned or disregarded. And even in regards to today's question about how we keep marriage really, I don't know what the verbiage is but how we stay how to still be husband and wife after stepping into mom and dad yeah and i do think like you said the bedrock or the foundation for marriage needs to be like in this even if it's just a cerebral understanding of this is a holy institution it is different than any other relationship or institution here on earth and it's special and therefore is going to um demand and require and and it's deserving of more time and energy and input and investment than any other institutional relationship that i'm going to be a part of here in in this earth in this Mm -hmm. physical world that that we are uh you know experiencing life on and so that fundamental understanding sometimes i think does get pushed aside in today's culture even in christian culture where it just it does seem like you know people will talk about the romance or they'll talk about the friendship but I think having a, a very sober perspective of what the institution is seems to be something that was a theme in your aunts and and maybe it was more common in the generation before us in the church. Uh, but I do think, again, I want to get into practical tactics on how we do keep our marriage romantic and fun and playful. But I, I think if you are going to make the only reason that I think we feel inclined to make efforts in those directions, in that direction is because we've got a real reverence for marriage and for what it is. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that, oh, the generation before us maybe had that more naturally or culturally or those things. But that's the interesting thing. So many women these ages are filing for divorces. Yes. Their kids are raised, and they have no relationship with their spouse. Yeah. There's nothing keeping them in the marriage now. Right. And so I think 
there's an epidemic of women who have been married. And I say women because women are the ones who file for divorce. You know, over 70% of divorces, the women's, the woman is filing and they just don't want to be in the marriage anymore for whatever reason. Hmm. Uh, maybe their kids were keeping them in it up until that point, but then they just decided, Hey, I'm over it. Yeah. And so it was really novel for me to see, you know, there's at no point is a solid marriage guaranteed and something that was coming up with every one of my aunts and my mom were all the book recommendations. Hmm. Oh, I read this book on marriage. I read this book on parenting. I read this and they've been married for so many years and up there, they are just speaking from this overabundance of still learning in their day in and day out lives, how to serve their husbands (laughs) more, how to be more effective as a grandparent, as a mom. And they just never stop learning and growing. And I think that's, um, yeah, some of the comments, that was one of the common themes. All of them are all learners and growers, have hobbies outside of parenting and are pushing themselves to grow outside of parenting. And then also, um, and that just makes you more interesting, I feel like, to your spouse too. Because yeah. you can talk about the kids and we talk about our children a lot. It's, it's very enjoyable and it's very necessary, but it's nice to have a break from that and just be able to talk about other things. Yes. You know, when your husband married you, he married you because you had interest and in, in most likely most of them weren't parenting. Very few of us entered right. into marriage with children already. And so it's like, there was this, what did you guys talk about before? That's what he loved. Yeah. And it was fun. One of my aunts, she's very adventurous and she still keeps that adventurous spirit now. You know, she was talking about how, um, when her and her husband go on dates, they alternate planning their dates. So he goes and does whatever she decides would be a fun activity and she will go do whatever he decides is a fun activity, which I think is fun if you just want to mix it up and maybe put your spouse in an uncomfortable context. I think uncomfortability in marriage is really fun for bonding mm. because anytime there's adrenaline or uncomfortability, then that brings spark yep. into the marriage because you aren't comfortable. And afterwards, when you can relax, you're like, oh, that was that was awesome. Yeah. That was fun. And you naturally have that when you're dating. But then that can tend to just give way to just comfort yes. all the time in marriage. Yes. Yeah, I think that, that you think about ruts. And even on that, on that topic of doing things that are outside of your spouse's comfort zone, something that I think you've done a really good job of, even if we are doing something that's outside of my comfort zone, is that you really honor me and respect me in those situations. Because I I know, again, this is like total basic, like, you know, Christian 101 stuff and not being embarrassed or having an ego. But it's still like as a, even as a grown man, I, I do something that I'm not good at or that I'm uncomfortable with. And like my ego gets involved quickly where it's just kind of like, I don't know, I don't want to look dumb or I've never done this before. I don't want to go to, you know, an art class or a painting class. I'm, I, you know, I'm not good with the brush. And, and yet when I'm in those environments, you are so like encouraging and you're not patronizing and condescending. Cause I think that that could really, that's there could, a good point. There actually. could be a, I think that happens sometimes prior to marriage where I, I was like, well, I don't want to get outside my comfort zone ever again with you because uh, you, I wasn't I, you sensitive. Felt... Yeah. We don't want to put our husbands in situations where we're laughing at them. Right. Yes. And, and vice versa. Yeah. So there needs to be this mindset of like, kind of like, Hey, we're going to try this thing together and we're both, we both might be uncomfortable, but I know you're awesome. And I, I don't know, you, you know, your spouse and you know how to do it. Um, cause I wouldn't want to do the same thing for you, you know, just be like, well, Hey, like 
No, no, it's different. not with the it's not with a spiteful spirit or wanting to make a fool out of your spouse or even with um, the naivety to think that it will be funny to laugh at your spouse and they won't think it's a big deal. Yes. Because I think that that is where a lot of my um, lack of respect has stemmed from was not a lack of sincerity, but just from an ignorance of what of knowing Elisha. Oh, and sure. I think there um, hopefully we can build on that and not keep making those same mistakes. No doubt. Um, as we get to know our spouses better and realize, oh, well, that's not really funny to them. That's a really big deal. <laughs> so, I mean, something that she brought up was like still going and poaching hot tubs at yep. like hotels or something like that. And my mom's just like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You should go to the lobby. And that's what her and my dad would do is they would go to hotel lobbies at really, really nice, expensive hotels. And just like order a drink or order a dessert and sit there and have a date. But you know, that was the rule following sister and the rule breaking sister. But the point is, is that uh, my uncle married the rule breaking sister. And yeah. so the fact that she still has that uh, spunk, is something that he married her for, mm. you know? And so I think it's really fun that they still do stuff like that. Yes. That's true to who she was right. um, when they got married. So yes. anyways, having those, things to talk about something the way that this question was phrased i really appreciate and that is uh when we don't have our first child or when we don't have our child with us it exposes our lack of relationship and this is why we are such big fans of going on dates going on an overnight here or there i know it's really hard to do financially and really hard to do i mean you don't just want to give your children to anybody obviously um but even if this isn't feasible to work into your daily life, it's not just for building your marriage. It's also a great lit litmus test. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> That's the word I want to say, um, but I'm not actually sure how, what it means. Uh, for where is your relationship at? Do you have a fun relationship where you are best friends and you're just like, oh my goodness, our time's up. We're going to go back home. We had a blast together. Are you sitting there twiddling your thumbs or getting into arguments over stuff that you just have been too busy to talk about before? Mm. And so you don't have to address it or you're just annoyed at your spouse and the way they're behaving out in public. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like there's just where's your relationship? Because it's way better that, you know, this gal says they've had their first child that you're realizing, oh, okay, we need to put some effort in here. Yes. We don't have a relationship versus 20 years from now, you go on your first date without children. Yeah. I mean, dates have really revealed a lot of shortcomings in our marriage or or some things that need, you know, working on. It's so funny. You talk about us going on a date and you being triggered by me being distracted by the television in a restaurant you know that's happened numerous times where you're like it hasn't happened for years though yeah i think i've we've i've come a long way not being distracted or i'm just smart enough to make sure we go to a restaurant that doesn't have you know a sports bar in the corner uh and then there's also been times too where um either one of us have been frustrated because say i just keep talking about work and i'm stressed and i keep talking about these problems and you're like why can't like can we talk about something i mean i need these are like very stereotypical things and and yet we've struggled with the things you know we're only talking about the kids talking about the kids schooling um there being times where 
in my from my perspective it seemed like all you wanted to talk about was like what homeschool curriculum we were going to use for our kids on every date i'm like come well, on well, let's... i was just talking about that 24 7 actually and it was revealed on our date that that's all i was talking about because oh. i started noticing you know like when the kids are there i don't realize that every time you come in that's all i'm telling you yeah anytime you come into the house but then when we were on our date i was it was dawning on me like this is all i am talking about <laughs> <laughs> it's like are you frustrated that this is all i'm talking about i think i caught myself on that one you're like well sometimes you, you know, know what's funny is that we because we had that you know kind of confrontation and we've had that numerous times in our marriage where we're like okay this is an issue and oftentimes you don't know a clear way out and i think even in the whole um home you know the the you like to talk about homeschooling a lot we got like a game to play remember that we got like that trivia game because we just oh, wanted yeah. we wanted like a way out of this this Cycle. always being what we're talking about. And even that, it was just like talking about the kids. Mm. I was essentially just talking about the kids. We were taking pretty much a complete break. I think we were still doing the podcast, like very part-time-ish. Mm -hmm. We were taking a complete break from talking about anything else work-related. Well, this is when you made the hard stop from doing anything work-related. Yeah. And so, so I was doing, and that was a... And I didn't want to hear about any work. Because yes. I thought, oh, that's going to suck me back in if I even hear what you're doing. And we agreed we wanted to do that. Yeah. But it didn't. But then we're like, well, now what do we talk about? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't want to hear about your work. So I'm just going to talk to you about the kids. And yeah, that was a really funny season in our marriage. It was like a couple months. Yeah. But I remember how helpful it was just to have like this card game where and we hated the game. And that don't, that was bonding because we were like, who yeah. got that? This is the dumbest game ever. We were just making fun of the questions uh in in the card game and that was like a fun icebreaker back into the like oh that's right we can talk about a bunch of different topics and have a blast with one another but i do remember i don't know if you felt it but i do remember feeling a bit in a in this like it was a conundrum where we're like how do we get out of this i mean i still mm -hmm. like you we obviously are still in love and we care about our marriage but how do we talk about other things uh because we, we felt very stuck I know it was interesting, but I do think that a lot of it was, that was all that I was reading. That was all I was mm. researching. That was all I had to talk about. Mm. And I didn't have any other interests at the time. And so that was just kind of a tricky place to be in. And I think of, you know, since then we have realized, oh, we can actually do a lot of stuff together. It's not all or nothing. Um, we can work some together and I don't get sucked back in like I was so worried I would. And so that's really a blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was really fun too, because we had this element of carefree timelessness, carefree timelessness for our relationship. Because that night that we played that game, we actually it was around a fire, and we stayed up all night yep. till like three in the morning, just hanging out and visiting, talking our favorite books and authors and random stuff until three in the morning. Now I've never done that in my entire life. I've ne I've never been like a night person. But sometimes that's a really special thing to do in your relationship is just break all the rules for mm. the sake of the friendship yes. and the relationship. Yeah. And that was so bonding and it felt so crazy to me. <laughs> and um, it was something you would do when you were dating. You know, you just like want to hang out. And sometimes as a mom, I can get so on a schedule that I love that it can really, you know, relationships don't always thrive in schedules. Mm. And so you have to make times to just say okay this is going to be a time where we aren't going to put all these boundaries on it yeah some a, a time that stands out to me a story that stands out to me where you really made an effort for our relationship 
uh, and it meant so much to me was it was when we were living in the trailer and uh, we it just felt like our we were living two separate lives. Like we would obviously sleep together and we were parenting together. But then other than that, it's, it's like I had my interests and you had your interests. And it was, we were coping in our own ways. I think that was part of the problem. Yeah, is it was that a really hard was, season. It was a challenging season living in that little trailer with all the kids. Um, but I, I, it was once again, I didn't know, I, I tried to communicate. I think I wrote you a letter or something because I was trying to commute or did I write you a long text? Cause I was trying to communicate to you that I wanted to connect more. I was like, mm-hmm. I want to be able to have more like off topic conversations and, and not have them always be triggering or, um, like half it. I just want to be able to talk, like process things. Cause that for, for a couple of years in our marriage, you can, I'm sure you listeners can imagine. I like to just verbally process, pontificate, kind of talk things out. And oftentimes I would want to do that just to talk it out, not to come to any conclusion. And I think Katie came into the marriage with more of, uh, of a mindset. I don't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. That's like, if you're going to talk, like there better be a point to it. Uh, and so she would always try to get to the point as soon as possible. And that would cause some friction. And I think I was really feeling it in this season. And I can remember it was so thoughtful of you because you, you had your podcasts, your books, your whatever sermons you were listening to. And, and I had mine and, uh, we listened to a podcast together and you just got like, so into it. You remember that? I still remember it, it was the white horse in, uh, you know, Dr. Michael Horton, uh, just a podcast on Romans. I think it was, it was just like the, I think he was calling it the tinderbox of the, you know, the Protestant Reformation. And you like got into it. And you're like, this is so interesting. And you were like researching different passages and different books that he was talking about. And that meant so much to me because it was so outside of your um, norm for what you would consume. But you did that with me and, and really for me for the relationship. And that, that really stands out as one of those times that you you made the effort to do something it wasn't of common interest, really, but you made it of common interest for the sake of our marriage. So anyways, thanks oh, for that. Yeah, That's sweet. I do remember that. The whole, because that became an interest of mine. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that's the beauty of marriage is as you expose your spouse to interests of yours and they take interest in them, then eventually they can be both of your interests. Yeah. Not all of them, but you can develop common interests um, together for the first time. And then also your spouse yes it can bring a lot of things into your world that just weren't there before and at this point that you're speaking about this we were in the trailer we've been married i think three years Mm -hmm. and i look back we had quite a few of those courageous conversations in the trailer yeah and honestly that year those six months that we were there specifically was a total change in the directory of our marriage i loved our marriage up until that point it was great but i feel like we entered into a new level of depth and communication and understanding and having each other's backs Mm -hmm. there i mean i don't know what you feel like but i think things were off limits and like too triggering too hot buttony until there yeah i mean and, and again maybe it wasn't just that instance but i i felt like that was a turning point and and like maybe having more trust in you being more willing to talk about anything and everything openly because i just was there i was a lot more comfortable with like okay she'll hear me out she's not going to jump to conclusions she's not going to cut me off uh and i think like you said that came from a handful of of our courageous those courageous conversations um 
Yeah, and we would always have to leave the... So, like, the kids would be asleep in the trailer, and we'd have to go out to the car right outside the trailer and have these conversations. We spent a lot of time out there, you know, having our conversations. Well, I think of that, too. Yeah, we'd walk your parents' driveway and talk, and I think that... Yeah, because that clicks in my brain as the time when... It's interesting to hear from your perspective because that's when you started becoming more open with me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't exactly know why. You know, we were both working on so much in our marriage at that season. But that was when I felt like, oh, you'll tell me if you're upset. Mm-hmm. It won't go like a week or two weeks or something. You just communicate why. And anyways, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It felt like you stopped stuffing as much then. And maybe I stopped blowing up as much. <laughs> I don't know. But for, so we really we really reached a new level mm-hmm. in our marriage in that yep. season of relationship, which is really sweet. But going, you know, back to even that those dates and those times without your children, um, spend those times, even if it's once a year, like it doesn't have to be your go-to. You don't have to be the week, weekly date night person. But I do think you need to actually do an actual test to see where your relationship is. Mm. And you don't know how good your relationship is without children unless you actually try. Yeah, and we've shared this before. It was maybe three years ago. I can't remember. A couple years ago, uh, we had been looking forward to this Hawaii trip for a long time. We planned it like nine months in advance, which is that's a lot, a long time in advance for us. And we had babysitters lined up. We were basing it around like nursing and breast, yeah, yeah exactly. pregnancy and all that. Um, and it was six nights in Maui and we were like just so looking forward to it for so long. And, uh, and we got there and I mean, we had like the biggest fights of that year, you know, maybe of like the, of maybe for a couple of years, those first couple of days. Cause it's like, wow, here we are with each other with no distractions. Uh, we've been look, we've been really banking on this thing being a fun, romantic, carefree time that's going to be a blessing to our marriage. And the first thing it did was reveal a lot of shortcomings in our marriage. Fortunately, we had the hard conversations and I'd say the second half of the trip was really fun. Uh, but again, it, it revealed a lot. And I think that's another thing that marriage conferences do or marriage workshops is like, they're not that fun when you're, when you're at them oftentimes, or they're not that like fulfilling or rewarding, but they reveal a a lot in your marriage. At least that's been our experience. Uh, and so I do think having something like that, like you said, on an annual basis is ideal, but then, and I don't know if you want to speak any more to that, but I I do think there are very practical, there are more daily things that we do too. I was just, there's some things I was going to bring up that we make a point to go to bed early together. I think Again, this is like very, very basic, but like, you know, not having phones or computers in bed and not only just going to bed early or um, TVs. Yeah. TVs. That's the thing in a lot of people's bedrooms. Right. Yep. Um, Especially recently, because it's like going to bed early, one big time increases the uh, potential for physical intimacy. Just as like, you've got more time, you know, you've got more, there's more carefree time. And, and and then, um, and then even in addition to that, it just, it opens the door for a lot more carefree conversation. Uh, I think of that, especially recently, it's been so nice being able to just talk with you in bed because we're getting in bed early enough so that we're not stressed about the next morning, you know, because mm-hmm. it's one thing when you're like, man, the alarm's set, like, hey, you know, shake your hand, okay, see you in the morning, you know, comrade. Uh, and so when, when we go to bed early enough, we can really debrief the day, we can talk about the next day, and then all, a lot of times those conversations lead into just random conversations that are fun and I get to hear about your ideas 
on random topics and, and vice versa. And that those don't happen if, if we are, you know, getting into bed a little too late. So anyways, I'm a huge fan of just going to bed early together for the obvious benefit of physical intimacy, which is such a healthy thing for marriages, and then the carefree conversation, which is so, so good for connecting. I agree. We've had some fun, like, pillow talk mm -hmm. conversations, which is like, oh, this is so fun. And yeah, again, there's no pressure on the moment. And I think often kids provide this pressure of something needs to be done. And that's what's really comforting a lot of times yes and we fall into just like taking care of needs and it's nice that that's done for us our path is clearly laid out because someone needs us and i think that that's what hit in hawaii is we'd been starving our marriage saying well this big blown out trip we're gonna do that's gonna take care of all the stuff we aren't doing right mm -hmm. now we're gonna make up for it on the big trip yes and that was the lie that exactly was you know we can starve our marriage now and just gorge on yes good relationship later and that's not how it works wow yeah you know a way to think about it i think is um you know obviously it's easy to connect over children because that is such a worthy mission and yeah. nothing is more bonding than being um like-minded on a mission and that's the case you know when people are whatever in a startup company together and they know what the mission is or you're on a sports team and you know what the goal is or you're you know in a battle you know soldiers you talk about just like they talk about the bond like when you're so clear on your mission and you're working with somebody on that and so oftentimes you're like well this is good we're very clear on the mission of our children but the problem is that you don't view your marriage as a mission and so you're like man we're actually sub uh subverting sub i don't know i don't know undermining the the more the mission that should be more prioritized and that is our marriage and from that then yeah you join together and, and you do pursue the mission of your children uh and so i think that when that is removed as she's already alluding to and she gets like yeah children are a worthy mission but not at the expense of your marriage you know because mm -hmm. the best thing you can do for your children is have a healthy thriving marriage and that's the great lie and, and there's so much deceit in that um within our culture that well hey later we'll be able to pour into our marriage. Like, oh man, each week that goes by, each month that goes by where you're prioritizing your children over your marriage, it's going to make those empty nest years, empty nested years, really challenging. You're like, wow, 10 years just went by, 15 years just went by where we were not dating. We were not in tune with our partners or you know, with our spouse's interests and what they were learning and what uh, and how they were growing. That's a lot to try to make up, uh, a lot of time to try to make up. Yeah. And I think there's also something, you know, you brought up physical intimacy and I think there's this lie too, that, okay, well, we're in these childbearing years right now. Uh, there's a lot of hormones. There's a lot of change. There's a lot of babies needing us and sleepless nights and all those things. So we can also put physical intimacy kind of on the back burner. It can be this optional thing that happens every once in a while. And then later in life, we're going to have more time. We're going to have more energy. We'll have maybe less body image struggles and all those things. But what you see is that life just keeps going and those things don't go away. New things come in to take our time yeah. and all of a sudden we're dealing with the emotional side of, yeah, our children aren't waking up four hours, you know, every four hours or whatever during the night, but now they are dating someone that we really think's a bad situation for them, or they are, you know, making decisions that we're trying to figure out how do we guide them through those decisions or 
they're just lost and they don't have a vision for their life. We're trying to figure out how can we help them with this? Like, well, then they're newlyweds and they're yeah. working through issues and then they're pregnant and then they're, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the demands do not stop right. of our children, especially when you have a multi-generational vision. It's not like we invest in our children until they're 18 and then we just go on our merry way. Yeah. A true caring parent is invested in their child and whether their child is sinking or swimming indefinitely. Yeah. And so if we don't have time for those things now, I mean, I think too, the whole, um, our body image and struggling with that as women through pregnancy and postpartum and all these things, if we don't start flexing that mind over matter muscle when it comes to physical intimacy now, that's not going to go away because guess what? We're going to age. Aging starts happening. And all of a sudden we look back at when we were 30 and we thought we had extra baby weight and we're like, wow, we look pretty darn good, you know? And so that can't be a factor when it comes to us pursuing our husbands or allowing ourselves to be desired by them. Um, and then, okay, maybe there are seasons where it's, you know, uncomfortable or things like that, but then you go through menopause as a woman. I don't even know what that's like, but I hear stories. <laughs> and something that I really admired, I guess, was these older, you know, not old, but older women on a panel who have gone through season after season after season after season and have made these things a joy throughout all the seasons and have figured out how to make it work and figured mm. out how to connect with their husbands emotionally and physically and mentally and spiritually in every season of life. Mm. And that is the wife that I want to be by God's grace. In every single season, we need to figure out new things to make it work and new things to make it enjoyable and new ways to pursue relationship. And that learning and growing, that's where that learning and growing comes in. We can't just write off any season. We need to prioritize our marriage in every single season. And Lord willing, we'll get better and better and better at that. Yeah, that is so good to hear. And I, and I want to remember that. Just uh, Like you said, I mean, you said so many things that were noteworthy uh, and very helpful. But yeah, like the, the lie that you can like push press pause on something in any, in any relationship or on any like season in life. That, that's a, it's, it's not true. Like you can't do that. And so I think when you're like, I'm just going to set marriage aside or we'll get back to whatever physical intimacy or dating or having our courageous conversations, if this needed, we'll get back to that. It's like, well, that both of you guys are going a direction during that time. And if like, if you're not proactively growing together and growing aligned with one another, then you are growing apart and there, you're just, mm -hmm. there's a chasm that's being created there. That's really sobering to, mm -hmm. excuse me, for me to remember, uh, because it's so tempting to fall into that, like, especially in the busy seasons of just our, the little things that we know are helpful to our marriage. Like, oh, we'll plan our week next week or we'll, we'll get back to praying you know, as a family, or we'll get back to family Bible times or whatever. Um, different things that, or we'll, even when we get off of going to bed together, you know, like, yeah, oh. cause that, you know, we talk about what a blessing that is, but there are definitely seasons where that gets out of exactly. Whack. Cause I do tend to be more of an early to bed person. Just naturally I get so fatigued and sometimes you prefer time to wind down on your own. Yes. And so sometimes that can go from being like a one-off or you know an exception to being yep. the rule and then we're like whoa we are just like ships passing in the night yes that's exactly right and i do think that like in that situation it's obvious for me that it's my it's incumbent upon me to be the one that goes to bed like wait wait the ball's in my court here you know it's not your obligation to stay up later 
to be with me so that you can go to bed at whatever, 1030 Well, there's or times when that happens too. You've done it out of like the kindness of your heart, no, but it's I always convicting. It. <laughs> I enjoy hanging out uh, with you. Yeah. And, yeah. So whatever. Obviously, you can work together in your marriage. Um, but I love just your parents talk about this so often, the 100% mindset and the 100% mindset and taking 100% responsibility, having that hundred percent ownership or, you know, stewardship mindset for your marriage of, and it's way easier said than done, but instead of like what, you know, the other, my, my spouse is not doing this or they're not meeting my needs here, or I'm doing this, but they're not doing at, at the same level. And just a hundred percent ownership of what can I do to make my marriage thrive is just, it's so empowering and it's helpful. Um, and something that you said a while back is like our ability to have our interests change. Like there can be numerous things about your life that seems so boring to me. And I mean, I got into homeschool curriculum. Isn't that bizarre? Like I yeah, really started caring about that. You've gotten to all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to hear about it at all when you started when we, you know, down that path yes. and vice versa with different, you know, I guess theological subjects and you've gotten into an even, and even at times some sports subjects, you know, at times, uh, but those are kind of some obvious ones, that, but it was, you know, it's funny, even just on our team meeting yesterday, um, Lauren uh, mentioned how she it was a highlight for her that she went she had a late night date with her husband and they went to a minor league hockey oh, uh, game, you know or like a farm farm league hockey hockey game and um I mean it's, I mean I may be way off here but I'm I'm assuming that's more of like her husband's interest that she got excited <laughs> about you know and and who knows maybe I'm completely off on this I think he's the Canadian uh, in their marriage and so. But that was like so fun to hear because it's like that is yeah. like you can do that. You can get excited about things that you otherwise wouldn't have been excited about or that previously you were not that excited about. But we get so fixated on like our interests. We're like, well, these are my interests. So and I'm done being interested in things. It's like <laughs> yeah. that's not how we are as humans. Yeah, it's never good to have that fixed mindset with anything, but especially stuff like that. And I also think, you know, you're talking about interests. Oh, man, I lost my train of thought and it was going to be oh. so good. Well, I wonder if that's something to do with that baby that's starting to cry <laughs> in the <other> room. <laughs> no, yes. Okay, hold on. I'm going to see if he goes back to bed, though. Okay. Give him a couple minutes. Um, because, oh, what I was going to say is it's not like parenting can't be a dual interest together either. There's a difference just parenting and then making it an interest. Hmm. There are seasons when Elisha and I go through, how can we optimize our parenting? And we're both reading books on parenting. We're both trying new things as parents. And parenting for a season has been come, become a real interest for both of us and something that we're bonding over. Mm. So we aren't just existing through it. We're learning and growing together in it. And so when we're talking about parenting, it's not from this reactive standpoint, but are like, oh, we could implement this in our home. That would be cool. How's this going that we're trying and stuff like that. But I feel like often more often than not, it's the woman that thinks it would be really fun to talk about how to optimize your marriage and how to optimize your parenting. And guys can be a little slower usually to um, be like, oh, this is so exciting. Like it's an exciting I topic. just want to talk about relationships and how to optimize those. Mm. And so something that can be fun is if you would like that to be something that you bond over in your marriage is not leading with that mm. and starting the relational pursuit of your husband by being like what does he enjoy you know mm. you mentioned the hockey and just being like our husbands want companionship you know i think so often sex and respect are mentioned as things that our husbands appreciate but we don't hear you know i don't know who came up with the top five needs of a man i don't know if it was a man 
but I think it was. But um, companionship hmm. is one of those that's really high up there. And that just means friendship and hanging out and doing things that our spouse wants us to do and so or, or wants to do with us. And so thinking, okay, what's something that I can just get into with my husband that's going to shock him and be like, what? You care about that? You want to hmm. do that with me? Hmm. And, um, you know, going hunting or going skiing or mm -hmm. going on the back of a motorcycle or, you know, something yeah. and starting there and starting to build relationship there. And that can trickle into um, starting to build relationship over these things that maybe you're more interested in. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Anyways. You know, what's crazy is that you full on. I mean, you played music prior to getting uh, married. So you've oh, been yeah, a musician. Oh, yeah, I was going to bring that up. We had a fun time the other night. <laughs> The other, that was last night. Like we last were such, night. that was like such an irresponsible use of like nine hours yesterday. Honestly, it's like we got up, <laughs> we worked, we did homeschool. Okay. Maybe not nine hours, but we both kind of like geeked out a little bit over. It was we after like, dinner. Let's do this song. Yeah. I still have my little hippie braid here in my hair. It doesn't go with my outfit at all. Yeah. I mean, maybe actually I'll get that photo cover to Luke and he can put it up on the screen Yes, Because okay. I don't know if we'll ever use it. But... <laughs> okay. You guys, so yeah, you tell. Well, I mean, you sound like you're ready to tell Elisha it. Elisha so. writes awesome music and he's been saying for a while, like, oh, it'd be cool if you could sing with me on this song. Yeah, I've always wanted that. Yeah. Well, that's sweet of him. I do not have an award-winning voice. Well, and neither he, do I. That's his why music I really is need you to join me. Awesome. And so last night we just got out in front of this brick wall and took a picture of us. Um, we got inspiration off like indie hipster album art covers. And we're like, the key is to look really like kind of pathetic. And so we took an awesome pathetic looking photo. I don't know if pathetic's the right word. Maybe like depressed or melancholy. Depressed, yeah. Introspective. Which is so funny because Elisha just reminded me this is a full circle moment because I was arguing with him when I was 18 and we were just talking how Christians should not make themselves look depressed on their album art mm. covers because it's not artistic and you should have the joy of the Lord shining through your face when you're on an album cover singing a Christian song. And I mean, I argued that with you for hours. And then you just reminded me the other day. Cause... This was your idea. You're like, hey, like, let's do it. Let's, let's pose just like this couple. I'm like the ultra like depressed looking couple. <gasps> oh, my okay. word. But it is artsy, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, but I brought that story up. Yeah, it is. But I brought that story up because like that was really fun. It was so out of the ordinary for our marriage. And like our kids thought we were kind of crazy. We had Leon holding the camera. Yes. Lawrence was out here crawling on the ground. And we're like moving lights around. And, and we're just sitting there so tranquil. And then I the call camera. Luke that afternoon. I'm like, hey, can you come over tonight after the kids are in bed and, and shoot a video? And he's gracious. And he's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, what? Like, what is this? It's like, well, we're singing a song. And it's. Like, what? Like, this is so random. You guys are so random. <laughs> and so, uh, but it was so fun. Like, it was like the ultimate date. And yeah. we did have our children here, but they were just getting a kick out of watching us. And it was so fun to do something totally out of the ordinary. We aren't famous musicians, but it was just fun to pretend for a night that we were. Yeah, it was awesome. And we did put our song up, though. Of course, you guys can listen to it. Yeah, I think um, actually we are going to post it. So... It's over on our other YouTube channel now. Yeah, we'll put the link down below yeah. for you guys. You can hear our little our alter egos coming out. It's, the song's called Talk About the Weather. I think it's a pretty great song. I think it's actually phenomenal lyrically, the way Elisha wrote it. And then um, our execution 
my execution oh, you did great. is whatever it is. Maybe what it someday is. we'll like do like a studio, re- like we'll actually like go into a studio and yeah, instead of just a little garage recording. But yeah. it was fun. We should wrap this thing up. Yes, yes, we should. The baby hasn't gone back to bed, so we'll see you guys next yes. week, folks. Thank you all so much. We'll talk to you next week. Bye bye.